history of the franchise. Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, oh, it's it's gone. Gone. For a touchdown! It doesn't get any better than New intro. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We, last episode, talked about baseball. We were talking about the trade deadline, but now in this episode, we're going to talk about the MLB All-Star Game, and when I say we, I mean my guests, as I am joined in studio at the USC Annenberg School of Media um, with Mr. Cameron Nia. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing incredible, and Mr. Sammy Glassman. Sammy, how are we doing? Couldn't be better, man. Good day to talk about baseball. It's always a great day to talk about baseball, and an even better time to do it in the media center. Let it, let me know how you how you feel about the the audio quality. It's probably better than using my my at home microphone off of my laptop. But let's get right into it. MLB All Star Games. First thing, uh, I want to ask you guys what what's one of your favorite storylines or a couple of your favorite storylines to watch for, um, you know, over the week or even just in the game. I mean, I think for me, it's a pretty obvious one that's been talked about a decent amount. It's the MLB Legends. We got to see Albert Pujols and Miggy Cabrera once again in the All-Star game one last time, and they're taking the special legend spots, so it's not like they're taking spots from anyone else. Um, I saw Pujols was excited for the All-Star game, and I would expect Miggy is as well, so I think it's good to see them in the All-Star game one last time um, on their way out. Absolutely. Seeing a guy in the All-Star game one last time, how about seeing a guy in the All-Star game for the first time? That's Jorge Lopez. I mean, what a story for this guy. Been in the league since 2015. Uh, Orioles reliever. It's his best year by far. He has a 1-7 ERA. That's, that is great for a reliever. Couldn't be more excited for Jorge Lopez. Absolutely. I love that pick. I love the out-of-the-box obscure. My pick, you've probably seen it all over, but how about Wilson and William Contreras starting the All-Star game together? The brothers, um, Wilson starting at catcher. William filling in a DH for the injured Bryce Harper. The last time uh, uh, siblings were on an all-star team, or in the all-star game together, it was 2003. Brett and Aaron were all-stars, the Boons, on separate teams. In 1998, Sandy and Roberto Alomar were teammates, and in 1992, they started together. So that's been what? It's 30? 30 years? 30 years. 30 hey. years since since uh, brothers started the game together, so that's incredible. And I'll throw in a bonus one, which could be you know applicable to really anything baseball-related. Shohei Otani. Any opportunity to watch him is incredible. The, the numbers recently you have, last night he went and pitched. You're, we're recording this on July 14th. He went out and pitched six innings, 12 strikeouts. He also went two for four with an RBI triple. His last six starts, he's thrown 40 innings, has his... 0.45 ERA, 58 strikeouts. And he hasn't been as crazy at the plate, but he's still a dang good hitter. Any opportunity to watch Shohei Otani on a national level, I'm taking it. But those are the storylines. Let's get down to the numbers, the snubs. Who are our biggest snubs for the All-Star Game roster, Cam? I think one of the pretty obvious snubs here is Freddie Freeman. He's been unbelievable, but... I think it just has to do with the first base position being so stacked during the All-Star game this year. Um, and obviously, C.J. Crone, the Rockies didn't really have a good selection to put out there, so C.J. Crone was the best guy for their selection, so he is taking a spot there. Um, and because of the crowded first base, first base field, Freeman's not able to be in the game, even though he's batting 
311, 12 home runs, and a WRC of plus of 151, which is outstanding and 11th best in the league. Uh, and his defense has been great as well. He only has two errors and 997% fielding. So he's been great. Huge snub for me. I have a list I, I just want to read off uh, real quick. We got Will Smith, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Cease, Zach Wheeler, even Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, Aaron Nola, Austin Riley, even John Schreiber. No one talks about him. Hell of a Red year Sox? From, hell of a year from John Schreiber, Red Sox. Uh, but the main one that everyone is infuriated about, Ty France. Where the yeah. hell is he on this roster? Where is Ty France? Yeah, um, so I went into mine. Before looking at the numbers, my first thought was, how is Ty France not on the team? And I stand by the fact that Ty France is probably an all-star. But the bigger snub at first base, I didn't I didn't know, I didn't really realize until I was looking at the numbers. Jose Abreu. You look at the numbers, he's slashing 299, 380, 471, with a 146 WRC+, plus, which is good for second among all first basemen in the American League. And the guy who's behind Luis Arise, not even a full-time first baseman. He's nope. considered a first baseman on the team. It's where he's made the most starts, but he's also spent a lot of time at second base and DHing. So he's there. At war-wise, he's at 2.8, which is 0.4 higher than the next guy I listed at first, Luis Arise. You look at his Woba at 372, second, again, behind Luis Arise. The guy's an all-star, everything written all over him. He's, I think he quickly went from overrated with his MVP season in the short 60-game year in 2020 to being underrated, the numbers, he's, you know, France, they have similar numbers, but Abreu, slightly better. And then you go down to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's starting at first. And I understand a certain aspect of the MLB All-Star game. It's not all just these numbers. Vladimir Guerrero, he's a he's a huge icon. Everyone knows Vlad. Everyone loves Vlad. I understand why the fans voted him in. You know, Canada loves voting for their guys. But numbers-wise, man, it's, it, it's not close. And for Jose Abreu to be an omission... I, it's hard when you're talking about snubs because the guys on the team deserve it. But Jose Abreu's numbers are incredible. And then my other one is another White Sox. And the White Sox are having an unfortunate year, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But Dylan Cease has been phenomenal. You go by the traditional ERA, third. Third among the AL pitchers. You go to FIP, 2.74, third among AL pitcher, pitchers. XERA, expected ERA. 2.68, second among an AL pitchers. 2.7 F4, third among AL pitchers. I'm not, I mean, I think there's a better argument to say that Dylan Cease should start than the argument that Dylan Cease shouldn't be on the roster. Oh, yeah, and a great mustache. Absolutely, great mustache. Just recent news actually came out as we're recording. Corey Seager, replacement for George Springer, who announced that he's he won't be playing. Uh, Corey Seager, Seager won't be starting, but... For sure, an option off the bench for the AL roster in his first year with the Rangers. I think there's a little bit of recency bias here. He just went on an absolute tear, hitting home runs what seemed like every night. Now he's up to 21. Um, Still considered an above-average hitter, hitter, according to OPS Plus, at 123 this year. Um, But, yeah, what do we think about that? I think it's really interesting because, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the selection, but I think... My first reaction when I saw the All-Star, the full list was like, wow, the Rangers put all this money into Seager and Semyon, and they're not even All-Stars. You have a guy, Martin Perez, who is making 
bare minimum yeah, amount like four, of money. Martin Perez yeah. made like $4 million. Like $4 million, and you're spending over $500 million on two guys, Marcus Simeon and uh, Corey Seager. Like, that's shocking for neither of them to be on the All-Star roster. So I guess the Rangers can feel good about themselves now that Seager is on the All-Star roster. But, like, what did you spend all that money for? And I, I get the story. I, I understand it, especially for replacements. It kind of gets dicey. I think bringing yeah. Seager back to L.A., I obviously hate the Dodgers, but Corey Seager, I have a lot of respect for Corey Seager. I think he's a really fun player to 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 watch, so him coming back will be cool. Do I think there are probably more worthy candidates? Absolutely. I could. I think Jose Abreu, Ty, especially if you're just looking at position players, Jose Abreu, Ty France, um, yeah. Yandy Diaz mm. has quietly been incredible. So, I don't know. Good for him. I think that'll be a cool opportunity. He, was, he might not be the most deserving, but he has been hot lately, so it, it makes sense to a certain degree. Snubs, we're over snubs, okay? We could talk about snubs all day, and the, the yeah. ultimate point of is we can state the numbers of these guys, but to undermine the other guys that made it in place of them isn't fair to them because no one on the All-Star team is bad. For sure, yeah. It's, you could, if you keep expanding and expanding, they're going to be snubs no matter what in every sport. People can complain no matter what. The home run derby is not fan voted or, or picked like that. No. Nope. Members are invited to the home run derby. And so far, let me let me pull up the list um, of the home run derby participants right now. I don't know why I don't have that up. I got you. You you have it? Okay, I so got you. Re- read off the home run derby participants All right. for me, please. Super excited. Albert Pujols, Pete Alonso, Julio Rodriguez, Jose Ramirez, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, and Kyle Schwarber. Still got one more. One more to be announced. So my question that I will pose to you, gentlemen, I I don't know. You know, you could probably look into some trends or of different home run derby winners. There's probably some weird stat that guarantees that one guy's gonna win. <laughs> I just have a simple question: Who's gonna win and why? Tell me, Cam. I mean, I think the obvious pick here would be Pete Alonso. I mean, he's won the last two home run derbies, but I think for me, I don't like taking the obvious selection. So. I'm going to go with Juan Soto. Fun pick. Last year, he won an epic 31-28 overtime match against Shohei Otani. That was one of my favorite home run derby moments I've seen. Um, and then he lost to Pete Alonso in the next round, but only by one home run, 16-15. to So I think Soto's going to come into this home run derby out for revenge. And a lot of a lot of guys, they don't come back for multiple derbies. But Soto, he's not messing around. He's coming back for his revenge, and he's going to get after Pete Alonso, and he's going to win this derby. He's hit 18 bombs so far this year, which is 21st in the league, which is pretty good, even though he started the year really bad. And now Soto's on fire. He's batting well over 400 in July. He's caught fire at the right time. And even if he does well in the home run derby and – follows superstitions that people do bad after they succeed in the home run derby. He is on fire right now, and I think he'll take that into the home run derby to get his revenge over Pete Alonso and win the whole thing. I remember last year when he declared for the derby, there were some storylines going around, uh, some crazy stats of players before and after the derby, what it did to their swing, stuff like that. He just is continuing to prove why he's a top two hitter in the league why he's able to do what he's been able to do for the past couple of years. The Derby, it doesn't get to him. He's Juan Soto. He can he can go in the Derby and lose in the first round. He's back on the field the next week uh, playing just fine. My my pick, uh, 
fun pick. We got Albert Pujols. Yes, he, I he love played, it. He played the last half of last year in Dodger Stadium. The fans are going to be rallying behind him. Um, he's he's been in derbies before. He knows what it's like. He knows what the atmosphere is like. The one thing that we're all concerned about. He's he's four. What is what he's forty one. He's who knows how old he is. Who knows? Who knows? He could be yeah. fifty. He's he's a little bit overweight. You know, it's his last his last year in the league. A little bit. He wants to have. He wants to have fun, but the one thing we're concerned about is stamina. These guys, at the end of the derby, you see them. They're they're sweating. They're they're not hitting the ball as far. And Pujols, that's going to come a little bit faster. Yeah, I mean, I think you see these guys going out for two, three minutes at a time, constantly swinging. It's like a faster version of batting practice. And I think you have these young guys like Juan Soto, who's younger than Adley Rutschman, by the way. You have younger these, than O'Neill Cruz as well. Yeah, yeah, like. He's doing incredible things, Soto. But you have these young guys, Soto, all these other guys in the all, in the home run derby. Um, I just don't see, like, as much as I'd love Pujols to win the Theo derby. Albert. Like, I'd love to see T.O. Albert win the home run derby. I just don't think it's possible for yeah. him to do it. Stamina will get to him, and I don't even know if he still has the power to we'll get see. him out. So my pick, Cam took it, Juan Soto. Yes. And... So right now, at, um, at this point, his slugging percentage is at a, what will be a career low 490 if the season <laughs> were to end today. Pretty horrible, right? Yeah. Um, and then you go into last year, going into the Derby, people were like, oh, yeah, he's slumping, whatever. He went in with a 445 slugging percentage and then went on a crazy tear. You look at the splits last year, going into the – all-star break he was still hitting hitting good 283 407 445 which is a 128 wrc plus but then after the derby after the second half of the year all all second half this isn't a weak stat 348 525 639 a wrc plus just a smidge under 200 at 199 so the derby has been successful for juan soto worked last year this year i think it's going to have a similar effect cam mentioned the his matchup with Otani last year where he dropped a whopping 31 home runs oh, yeah. against Otani, who I would say it's fair to say, considering he was the one seed and considering the hype around him, was the favorite. Soto, going into it, people were concerned, well, you know, he's not a home run hitter. He's proved that the Derby is kind of a tune-up for him. It can actually help him with a swing like it did last year. I think he's going to get his revenge, and that's my pick. I will say sleeper, though, someone no one mentioned, Kyle Schwarber. Made it to the championship in 2018, hit 55 total home runs. Of all the participants in this, which looking at stats for this is kind of stupid in terms of trying to predict because home run derby is just a crapshoot, but best hard hit percentage of all the participants at 52.8%, hits the ball hard, and his swing is beautiful for slugging. You know what? I was going to change my pick. I realized that, you know, mine was a little bit of a homer pick, no pun intended. Uh <laughs> For Pujols, but get out of the studio. <laughs> Schwarber, uh, in his age twenty nine season, he's putting up insane power numbers. Twenty eight bombs before the All Star break. Um, he's he would be the guy to do it. I wouldn't be surprised seeing seeing balls flying way out of Dodger Stadium, hitting the top of the roof, all that good stuff. He he would be the guy, I think. In my opinion, yeah. In general, I could, I wouldn't of the current participants. I don't know if there's anyone who I'd be surprised if they won. Obviously, Pete, um, 
Okay, Pujols. I'd be surprised I, Pujols, if Pujols, I would be surprised if he won. I'd be surprised for Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, I don't think, would win. But just in general, this whole lineup, there's not really a, a boring pick. Like, last year, the field wasn't that cool. This this year, the field is super fun. And I think they're all guys who can really hit the ball hard. And if they are not guys who are known for hitting the ball hard, they've shown in the past. So Like like last year, what? It was Ota- having Otani do was obviously cool. Once Soto's cool. Yeah. But and Trey Mancini, the story was cool. But then you have Joey Gallo is not that cool. Trevor's story, I hometown, I they always have someone from there. But eh, no. Salvador Perez, not very interesting. I think he Madison, was fun to watch. Per- Salvador, yeah, but yeah, I think he disappointed. Okay, but would you rather just hypothetical Salvador or Ronald Acuna? Salvador yeah, or Acuna. Julio Rodriguez? I mean, I I think this field in Los Angeles on one of the it's most star studded. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the home run derby again, total crapshoot. Just kind of wanted to see your guys's brief input. Let's let's talk about the game itself. The derby's over. My prediction was right. Juan Soto won. He beat Kyle Schwarber by a score of thirty to twenty-seven. Bookmark it. Uh, the game. Who's starting on the mound? We'll probably find out long before the game starts itself. But who do you guys think for the American League and National League should be starting, and why? Okay, so. I'll start with the National League. I think that there's two guys that came to mind for me since this game is in Los Angeles, Tony Gonsolin, Clayton Kershaw. I think you want to start one of the home guys in front of the home crowd. So for me, I picked Tony Gonsolin because he has been the better pitcher this year. I know his outing last night, uh, which would be Wednesday, July 13th, was not the best. Gave up five earned runs, which plummeted his ERA below two. Above uh, two. Or above two, sorry. Um but he's still been really good this entire year. The Catman, I think we should give him his chance to pitch in his home crowd in Los Angeles. Um, and while his inning total isn't as high as a guy like Sandy Alcantara or some of these other guys, I think, like I said earlier, I think let him go out in front of the home crowd, and he's been a little bit better than Kershaw, so give him the nod. In the NL, we're going to stay in the NL. I think that Kershaw would be a very fun pick coming up on – the latter half of his career, um, not really showing many signs of decline. Maybe his velo, but that's not really something that's holding him back. Kershaw's still an elite pitcher. We can't forget that. Um, but the actual pick here is Sandy Alcantara. You can't really go against that. He's on a Marlins team that's very mediocre, but he's proving that he's an ace, one of the best pitchers in the league. His his strikeout percentage is crazy high this year, 22.4 um, in 18 games. Unheard of. And he's he's the guy for me. 3.6 war already. Yeah, my pick is uh, Sandy Alcantara. Or I don't – is it Alcantara or Alcantara? Because I've heard it – I've heard it both ways. I'm not sure. Sandy is the pick. And I'm actually going to – before I explain why Sandy – I'm going to go ahead and actually disagree with Cam on this. Okay. I understand the rationale of starting one of the Dodgers guys, but I think it actually makes a lot more sense to start Kershaw because Gonsolin's overall season numbers are better. But Tony Gonsolin starting the All-Star game, yes, he's not a Dodger. Fun. It's not. It doesn't have the same L.A. vibe to it. If, you, if you're going to be starting an L.A. guy for the sake of that they're from L.A., I don't know why it wouldn't be Kershaw considering he's – been one of, if not the best pitcher of this generation. It doesn't really make sense to me why you would go with Tony Gonsolin, especially considering, yes, the numbers are good, but he also, I mean, he's he's a five-inning guy for the most part. He's made 17 starts and has only 
you know, thrown 93 innings. He's a good pitcher. He deserves to be in the All-Star game, but I don't think that's starting material. I would go with Kershaw, regardless of really even the numbers, because if you look at the numbers, Kershaw, you know, you we wouldn't be talking about Clayton Kershaw starting the game if it wasn't in L.A. and if it wasn't for his historic stature. But Sandy Al- Alcantara leads the NL in ERA with a 1.73. That's by He leads by um, almost .30 points. XCRA at 2.58, first in the NL. His FIP at 2.83, fourth in the NL. His 3.6 F4, that's second in the NL. And a big thing for him is he has those quality numbers and he has thrown 130 innings, which is 12 more than the next guy in all of Major League Baseball. And he's not some soft-tossing, you know, contact manager guy. He's throwing 97. He's a fun, he's really fun to watch. He doesn't strike out as many guys as you might think for throwing 97, but he is fun to watch. Just because he's on a Marlins team that's not super great doesn't shouldn't discount him from starting this game. And if I wasn't starting him, and I'm not to, I, I'd go, I wouldn't take the LA angle. Um, if I wasn't starting him, I'd start Corbin Burns, who's third in ERA, second in XERA, sixth in uh, FIP, sixth in WAR among NL starting pitchers for similar reasons in terms of I think it's just such a treat to watch Corbin Burns pitch. That he he would be my runner, but San, Sandy Alcantara is my pick in the NL. Uh, Cam, what about the AL? Okay, so for the AL, I have off the race Shane McClanahan. Uh, he last pitched yesterday on the 13th, so just like Gonsolin, they both pitched yesterday, so they'll both be fresh for the All Star game. Uh, he's been lights out all year, 1.71 ERA and an outstanding 7.7 Ks to balls based on balls, right? Which is way at the top um and i think that right there striking out guys will make his performance exciting for fans to watch you don't want a guy who will just put out ground balls you either want someone who uh strikes out a lot of guys or does something really interesting and i think uh mcclanahan strikes out a lot of guys so he'll be fun to watch for an inning or two at the start of the game i like that pick for mcclanahan he's got a little bit of a funky wind up yeah good lefty can hit a hundred his changeup's nasty. His curveball's nasty. I agree with you there. I want to throw out a little bit of a fun pick. Uh, that's twenty-four-year-old Alec Manoa from the Blue Jays. Okay. I think it's. I think it would be very fun to see him start this game. The Blue Jays fans love him. I think most of baseball loves him. There's not really a reason to hate him. Just his second, actually his first full year in the bigs. Uh, yet last year he started in AAA, but. First full year in the bigs, 0.84 home runs per nine, uh, 246 BABIP. I think that Manoa with his with his curveball is and his his sinker would be very fun. I I love that pick. Alec Manoa is another one of those guys who it's just fun to watch him pitch. It's not even yeah. It's I mean, granted he's been successful. Guys tend to have a lot more positive emotion when they're successful. But just watching him after a strikeout, some of his emotions, he's like a he's kinda like a mini Lance Lynn in certain regards. Um my pick is Shane McClanahan. I just I have a hard time picking against him. Leads baseball in ERA and X E R A. Um he leads the AL in FIP. He leads the AL in war. He leads the AL in innings. He's another hard thrower. He's throwing ninety seven. Um, can can hit a hundred at times, strikes out so many guys in nearly twelve batters per nine, which is second in Major League Baseball, just behind the aforementioned Dylan Cease. Um, rest in peace. Hopefully he 
gets added to the All-Star team. We'll see. Um, we already talked about McClanahan, though, so I won't elaborate too much on him. Another option, which I don't think he'll, he'll end up being the pick because of McClanahan's great success, but it wouldn't shock me, is Justin Verlander. He has not only bounced back to be serviceable, he has been elite. He has a 2 ERA, second best in the AL behind McClanahan. His ex-ERA of 307 is fifth in the American League. His FIP at 3.26 is sixth in the AL. And his war at 2.5, fourth in the AL. You keep in mind this is a former MVP, two-time Cy Young, world champion, returning from Tommy John at age 39, and not only you know contributing as a back-end guy, he is dominated. So to me... And, and at Dodger Stadium, where, you know, he won a title, hmm. I, it makes some sense. My, my pick is still McClanahan, because I think McClanahan has been far and away the best pitcher, but I think the Verlander storyline makes sense, and it would it would be pretty fun to watch him pitch there. That would definitely be fun. I've seen floating around Twitter a little bit, Verlander versus Kershaw, it's a battle of the, the surefire Hall of Famers, the last two pitchers to be MVPs. It would be it would be an all star game for the ages, in my opinion. And one guy you can't discount that we didn't mention as a pitcher is Shohei Otani. Yeah, he's always a candidate. Considering this year he has been a better pitcher than a hitter, he's been dominant. I mentioned his stats earlier. As of late, his total Fangraphs is is not helping me out, but he's been phenomenal. He's he's the full package. He's so fun to watch pitch with the way that he tunnels his high 90s fastball to his splitter and his slider. He's he's absolutely beautiful to watch. We saw him start last year. I, I could see them have him start again this year, although I, I don't think that would be as fun, just just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think Otani definitely brings in viewers because of how exciting and unique he is. And he's just down the freeway um, from the Dodger Stadium, so in Anaheim. He will. He may pull a little bit, a little bit of an Angels crowd as well. So, I think just generally baseball fans do want to see him. So I think he's definitely a good pick as well. But I would stick with McClanahan. Yeah. And okay. So it pulled up. He's made 15 starts this year. Um, thrown 87 innings. Is an ERA of 2.38, an X ERA of 2.62, a FIP of 2.27, and an and a total war of three as a pitcher. He's striking out nearly 13 batters per game. So I think those aforementioned pitching stats did not include Otani. But he's he's the real deal in, in every aspect. You, you, I wouldn't blame blame the AL for trotting him out at all. Those are, um, those are elite numbers, and I know this gets talked about a lot. When you're going out and pitching like that and then coming out the next day and you're leading off, and even even on the same day, he's leading off on days when he's pitching. That I can't even fathom that. I know plenty of starters, maybe Garrett Cole to name one, after after starts are, you know, doing all their arm care and um and just like chilling out in the dugout. Yeah. I don't know I don't know why I said Garrett Cole. But <laughs> but you know, they're just chilling out in the dugout, Nestor Cortez with his bucket hat on. And then he's he's going out the next day. He's 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 hitting the ball 120. He's hitting the ball 460 feet. That's this. It's unheard of. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that last year he was probably the best hitter in baseball, and this year he's one of, if not the best, pitcher in baseball. 
And like you said, he's not really resting his arm as much on the off days. I mean, still DHing. Yeah, yeah. Like he is. He is. It's not DH-ing. rest though. <laughs> but it, it's not the rest like some of these other guys get. But still, unbelievable to me that he goes from being the best batter and his batting stats have fallen a little bit. But he's still still, an, still very good. Still, yeah, still an above average batter and he's probably one of if not the best pitcher in baseball i'd also like to forgive myself the reason that he was not included is because he has only thrown 87 innings which is not qualified so that is why i didn't i didn't mess anything up it's just that he's not technically qualified right as a pitcher the game itself we talked about who's starting let's talk about how it ends what who do you guys have winning this game you know i don't know if you have a score with it and who is your all-star game mvp to follow in the footsteps of like you know, for context, the you know for how random the All Star Game MVPs can be. The last time uh, the NL one was 2012. Do any of you guys know who the MVP was that year? Hmm. 2012. Take a stab in the dark here. Um. Man. Spoiler. It was Mel- it was it was Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera, interesting pick. Melky Cabrera playing with the San Francisco Giants in 2012. So that's just kind of the yeah. the, the precedent. So. Uh, let, let's hear him. Cameron? All right. I'll go with the NL for no particular reason at all. They last won the All-Star game, like you said, in 2012. So I think they're going to have to overcome the odds eventually. I look at the All-Star game as a 50-50 game. Like, you really never know who's going to win. And I think both sides obviously have talented players. Um, so since just because of the fact that they haven't won in, what, 10 years, I think I'll take in a win this time around and my MVP for the game, I'll say Ronald Acuna Jr. I think he brings the flair. He brings the fire fans like him a lot. Um, and yeah, I think I'll go with him as the MVP and my score prediction. I think we're in LA fun environment, big crowds always. So I'll go a high scoring game 10 to Eight, NL. Wow. I'm gonna agree with you with the NL. I really want to see this team win. I have no idea why the (laughs) AL has been so dominant for a decade. NL is gonna win. My my hopes. The ball's gonna be flying in Dodger Stadium. Those juice balls are back. You already know it. (laughs) Especially for the the home run derby. Those juice balls are gonna be gonna be being used. Um, Absolutely. I think. My MVP, an obscure one, a little bit like Melky Cabrera, first-time All-Star, Ian Happ. Coming off the bench in the late innings, going to hit a pinch-hit home run, and it's going to be pivotal for this game. He's going to he's gonna get that trophy. He's going to win that truck or whatever it is. I love it. <laughs> whatever it is. So, uh, you know, I did a lot of research on who's going to win this All-Star game. I, I really dug into the files, certain, you know, nuanced statistics. The last time, correct me if I'm wrong, the All-Star game was at Dodger Stadium was 1980. Sounds it's right. uh, what Wikipedia tells me. Dodger Stadium, the uh, MVP was Ken Griffey Sr. with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, one of the starting pitchers, Tommy John. Wow. Fun fact. You know who won that game? The National League. I'm taking the National League. This is the National League pod. And for, you know, I made my National League pick before I saw this. This just further strengthens my point. Right now, it's 46-43 to 43 the American League leads with two two all-time ties. I just the National League you ha- you have to stop at some point. I like the National League. They have, you know, the the numbers don't mean much, but you got Manny Machado and Paul Goldschmidt at the corners to you know, 
along with Nolan are not off the bench. Those three guys lead the league in war among hitters. Pitchers, they have the two leaders in Carlos Rodon and Sandy Alcantara. Why not the NL? Why not this year? Why not at Dodger Stadium? National League wins, 6-4, to four, and my All-Star Game MVP, we mentioned him earlier, possibly Cam took a little dig at him for maybe not being deserving, which statistically I understand. C.J. Crone. Wow. C.J. Crone. He and loves I'll, hitting I'll, I'm gonna I'm going to paint the picture for you. I'm going to paint the picture for you. 4-3, the American League is winning, right? We're in the bottom of the eighth inning. Gregory Soto, left-handed pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, enters the game. And with two men on and two outs, C.J. Crone steps up to the plate and sends one into the Los Angeles night. 6-4, Josh Hader comes in in the ninth inning, National League wins. Book it. Clock it in. Clock it in. I actually, I forgot to give my score prediction. I will say it's not going to be a boring one. I don't think it's even going to be as low scoring as 6-4. It has to be exciting. I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say 9-6 to six National League. 9-6 nine, nine to six National League, I like Still going to be a save opportunity there, but 9-6. to six. All right, guys, off-script question. Who is your favorite obscure all-star this year and why? My answer, Joe Mantiply, left-handed pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a dog. He deserves it. He's been incredible. I was uh, talking to my friend I, when the Padres were playing the Diamondbacks because, we, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an enjoyer of baseball. I know some obscure guys, and I looked at the numbers, and I was like, when did Joe Mantiply get good? You know what? He's been great. 2.31 ERA, 2.02 X ERA, 2.65 FIP in 35 innings this year. Book it. Why not an all-star? Joe Mantiply. I'm going to go back to the AL. Um, Paul Blackburn. Paul Blackburn. Oakland A's. Great pick. Oakland A's have been, I don't want to say under the radar because they haven't been good, but they have not been talked about. I really don't see many highlights from them. Or like posts on Instagram, surely not from MLB of the A's. Um, so I haven't really got much press on Paul Blackburn, but only A's pick. I think that he'll definitely want to get in this game. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. I don't really see him becoming an all-star again in his career, but yeah, I mean- he, he'll want to get in this game. I remember last year hearing a clip from, I believe it was Chris Bassett. He was only on like two days rest but he said like f it i'm i'm pitching in this game i'm never going to be able to do this again so i feel like paul blackburn blackburn's going to have that same situation their rotation's pretty good i mean the a's again you mentioned that there's bad there's not much reason to talk about them but you have frankie montas who's having a good season you have paul blackburn who's having a good season cole blackburn pitching pretty well too that's that's not a bad three but you know when your lineup's so bad and the rest of your pitching's not great, that that's kind of what happens. What happens when you trade your your cornerstone players quite literally in medals and in Matt mm. Chapman? But Cam. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if my guy is a as a as obscure as your guys, but Martin Perez, he's back in Texas for a second stint, first time All Star at the age of thirty one, easily having the best season of his career. I think he's super cool to watch and on a team with like I said earlier obviously he's a pitcher other guys on his team Marcus Simeon Corey Seager were making the big bucks 
second base and shortstop. I think it's it's fun to see him make the All Stars team team over those guys. I know Seager got in as a late addition, but, but still, yeah, it was cool to see him get in over those guys who are making the big bucks. Prove him wrong in his second stint with the Rangers. Mark, yeah, I mean Martin Perez really was just bad until this year. He looked horrible. His, his best season. ERA-wise, in 2016, he threw 200 innings and had a 4.39 ERA. For that to be your best year, or I guess uh, he had a, in 2013, he had a 3.62 ERA and 124 innings. Overall, the, the point remains, he is, he is a career 4.53 ERA. He is a filler. They signed him to be a filler. And for him to you know break out. And he's an all-star. And to be an all-star, Martin Perez, shout out to you. Actually, I want to I want to pick another one, <laughs> National League reliever. I really like David Bednar. I I love the pick. He is under the radar reliever. He's no Joe Mantiply though. He's no Joe Mantiply, but David Bednar is a very good reliever. Brother of Will Bednar, who went to Arkansas. I want to say someone fact check me. I believe uh, I think it was Mississippi State. Mississippi. Okay, yeah, that's right. Mississippi State. Will Bednar was. Dominant for for the Bulldogs, um, but David Bednar, older brother, he's a he's a solid pick from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Do you know how uh, David Bednar got to Pittsburgh? I do not. David Bednar, former San Diego Padre farmhand, acquired in the uh, in the Joe Musgrove trade. Fun fact. Okay, shaping him out to be an even trade. I maybe. Maybe I'll say to get that kind of value from a reliever, we'll see if they flip him. We could we could see, but definitely nice to get a, a reliever like that, and he's phenomenal to watch. Absolutely. Not that's just about all, guys. Um, I'm trying to think. Did did we miss anything All Star game? I think we missed something. So, what did we miss? Can we talk about the fire jerseys coming back? Last year the jerseys were awful. I would love to say okay. awful. Oh. This this year they're great. I love them. I love the NL jerseys. I do not know how I feel about the AL jerseys, but, I mean, the NL jerseys are beautiful. They have the nice touch of gold. And there is something I do think is missing from the jerseys is some sort of sign of Los Angeles. Like, where are the palm trees? Uh, I think we need something on the jerseys to tell us we're in L.A., but I still do love the NL jerseys. I love the touch of gold and white. I think they contrast really well. But I think personally the AL jerseys are really ugly. I don't think the gold and gray go together at all, but I'm a huge fan of the NL jerseys. I agree, and I think that's another reason why the National League is going to win. I oh, guess yeah. I, I guess their idea probably is the, the gold itself is the LA is like, oh, it's Hollywood. But I, I agree, you could use something a little you know more specific to signify it. Anything is going to be better than last year's. The like, I don't know what they were going for. If it's like soccer, just in general, look, it, it looks dumb. I'm a, I'm still I'm a fan of the playing in your own jersey, just Me the too. special All Star ones, and just wearing those ones for batting practice and for the home run derby. Yeah. Um, but the the NL ones are cool, and I understand it's kind of hard to counter that with an AL equivalent. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the tone of gray. I wish maybe they went with a traditional gray instead of the dark gray. It'd look a little better, but this is also a podcast, so we, I mean, I, I'm not here to, de- this podcast isn't about describing the color of gray, so I can't really do that. You can, to I, the listeners who are here, you can look it up yourself and kind of see what we're saying. I, I think most people will probably agree. It's a very ugly dark gray for the listeners, though. I think they should lighten it up, get some sparkles going. Fun little Easter egg, the uh, the star 
on the on the hat. Yep. If you look at the the Astros one, it looks like an asterisk, which I love. <laughs> no way. I love it. I feel like that might just be you. It might just be me as a Dodger fan, but I love I love that. I think it's, it's just a funny. star, and because of the context, you're taking it as that, and I respect that. I think it's you. Hilarious. I think you should then buy that hat. I'm not gonna buy anything with that Astros logo. You're right. It does look a little bit like an asterisk, though. It is on the it, wrong side. I think it's side. just the low, yeah. It's on the left side. It was on the right Put side. Put it on the right side, and then you have the Houston asterisks. Yeah. Hilarious. Okay. <laughs> That's just going to conclude. just about conclude this episode, unless do I have any, Sammy, you're my guy. Anything I missed? Yeah. Don't think so. The development I, I of Macintosh like by so. Apple. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, um, check out the blog. It's the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite.com. The Instagram at the.redshirt. That's where you'll see all the new posts. If there's a new blog, a new podcast, that's the place to be. The Twitter, at the Redshirt blog. Maybe one day I'll actually end up using it. Follow and stay tuned. That is all we have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirt Podcast.